0: Hello and welcome to Grind Forever, the bi-weekly RPG discussion podcast here on the PNB Network. I am your host, Dylan Tierney, and joining me today is Caitlin Rowe of the Slay RPG Podcast. Say hello, Caitlin.
1: Yeah, Caitlin Gala's Rowe. That's
0: me. Right. Very happy to have you, Caitlin. I've been trying to get the entire Dragon Age trilogy kind of nailed down because uh, I know it's a franchise that a lot of people care about, and there's no person I'd rather have on for this first introductory episode of Dragon Starting off, do you have a lot of insight into, like, the background of Dragon Age Origins? Like, what, like, do you know what kind of went into it? Or, because I always know it as, hey, there's Mass Effect, and then after that they made Dragon Age, but it seemed like they were actually very concurrent products.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not like a, you know, game dev pro in any sense, but it mm-hmm. definitely... I think that they were kind of being made at the same time, but Dragon Age has always kind of been, like, in the shadow of Mass Effect to a degree. Um, As far as, like, it it seems like what they kind of provide in the way it looks and, like, how it's promoted. And, I mean, even, like, fans, a lot of people seem to be kind of more into Mass Effect than Dragon Age kind of broadly. Um, Not that Dragon Age doesn't have, like, a huge ridiculous fandom, but... um,
0: Right tends to get just stuck with the silver medal in terms of like just a a bioware tier you know by the numbers kind of thing but i mean i I always you know throughout the years i've always heard it talked up as you know like it's not as well regarded but it always it's it deserves that kind of prestige and respect that a lot of bioware games have and um you know i did a little bit of uh diving into dragon age preparing for this uh so what, what kind of got you into Dragon Age to begin with? Like, did you have a, a history with Bioware?
1: No, so I kind of stumbled into Dragon Age, actually. Um, my gaming history is pretty, like, off and on. Um, I played a lot when I was a little kid. Um, like, my first console was a Super Nintendo that my dad bought for me when I was, like, five. Um, and then I played PC games with him, too, when I was little. Like, I played, like, Diablo and stuff, but I was, like, too little to understand what was happening. It really sucked. Mm-hmm. Um. so then there was a long while where I kind of took a break from games and then when I came back because we had just gotten a new PC and my dad uploaded a bunch of games he thought I would like Um, I ended up kind of just like stumbling I was just like going through the folders looking for stuff because I had finished Fable and I wanted something else like fantasy E. so mm-hmm. I started Dragon Age 2 because I didn't really know what it was I just saw like the logo and it looked cool um, and then I realized it was a sequel, and I was like, oh shit, well, I should go back and play the first one. So then I started Origins, and then it just like consumed my life for like a while, like a few years.
0: Right, right. <laughs> and, um, and when you have your warden, uh, was there like, what did you choose? Did you go with a human or an elf? Um, a dwarf? I
1: believe my very first warden was a city elf.
0: Hmm. Very rit. No, not ritzy at all. No, I've. A lot of fiction depicts elves as kind of the uh, prim and proper, high end ones, but that is not the case in Dragon Age—not the slightest. Um, but uh, when it comes to like your first playthrough, what what was it that kind of stuck out to you? Like, was there a lot of sort of lore that you were getting into, or was it like just the, the general story beats? Uh, what kind of made you hooked into Dragon Age?
1: Um, I think that thing that like really got me into it was just like I love fantasy; it's always been my thing. But I feel like you always have this kind of dichotomy between fantasy that's just like really over the top 80s bullshit that would be like spray painted on the side of a van or <laughs> um, or really, really serious like this is still important and this stuff matters kind of fantasy. And you don't get right. like a ton that's like kind of the sweet spot in between. And that's what um, Origins really felt like to me. Like it is like a pretty standard, you know, like go slay the dragon deal but Mm -hmm. it does have like a lot of explorations of you know kind of like social issues and stuff and i definitely don't think that they like stick the landing on a lot of it especially looking back now but it was interesting that they were giving it a try and i I guess it's it.
0: it seems like one of those things where for a game made in like 2007 2008 uh it seems respectable for at least trying to approach it i'm not saying that like you know Absolves it of any shortcomings in that regard, but I mean, I, yeah. I'm willing to kind of just not let it slide. Just be like, well, I mean, you're trying to. St- like, what are other games kind of doing at the same time? Like Gears of War, you no, know, uh, Halo Three. Like you know, we were kind of in a in a rut of kind of just uh, shooters and and displaying a lot of story through that. So, yeah. and I mean, obviously we had the first Mass Effect to leap off of, but you know, it's yeah, kind of well, like a I separate like- entity.
1: I feel like Origins is a lot more explicit in, like, attempting to be political in some way than Mass Effect is. Um, Because Origins just goes in and is like, hey, we have the elves as, like, a weird stand-in for both, like, indigenous folks and, like, Jewish people, and, like, it's a very strange hybrid of the two that, like, again, weird, don't really think it sticks the landing, but it was an interesting attempt at the time. And then just, like, you know, you can be queer in that. You can have, like, a threesome if you play your cards right. Like, there's a lot of, like, really interesting stuff going on in that game that, like, I don't feel like was happening as much in Mass Effect.
0: Yeah, it seems like Mass Effect was more about, like, the power fantasy of, like, a Star Trek fleet or something along those lines of just kind of bringing that into fruition and having your your badass commander's always at the front lines of every mission he's on, always comes out, you know, nice, nice uh, prim and proper. He's, he's, he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's, that's an interesting take that, like, hey, like, Dragon Age might, might not be as much about that kind of power fantasy as more of this, like, these, these fucked up power dynamics, and like you said, it doesn't always take the landing, but, hey. Um.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it definitely gets into power any... fantasy territory at some points, like, once you start getting out of there, but the origins are all interesting, because it is kind of like, yo, you start out from a fucked up place, and then you have to start doing some fucked up stuff. But you get a cool sword eventually.
0: <laughs> it's all it's all worth it for the great loot, uh, which does games, again indeed. like tie into the, the 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 power fantasy angle of it. But um, it wouldn't be a BioWare game without a fair amount of characters. Was there um was there any companions that really stuck to you uh, from the get go?
1: So I'm going to assume that your audience is pretty new to me, but this is the most on brand shit. Um, all right. I loved Morrigan. More than anyone ever, um, and I'm very mad about how she was treated later in the series because I feel like they really fucked her up. Um, um,
0: and Morgan, for those who don't know, is uh, a notorious witch in the fiction. Am I not? Am I, Is that accurate?
1: Um, she's she's more the daughter of a notorious witch, ah. but she's basically like her mom is like possibly. I'm not. I, spoilers for a game that came out in 2009 um (laughs) her mom is like a witch of legend like a witch of the wilds like that people tell stories about and Mm. they're both like shapeshifters and whatever and so like her mom is like literally iconic like and is part of the lore of the world and then she's just kind of like man i'm just out here fucking like cooking shit and chilling being a wolf thing. sometimes you know whatever but she's just like the reason i say it's so on brand for me is because like i love number one i love women who would kill me i just i love it it's my <laughs> it's my number one attraction factor is just would you murder me um <laughs> if it's a yes then we're going um then, we're,
0: then we're, we're moving on
1: yep that's a swipe right um but so that's morgan is very much like that and she's just like she's a total goth gf she's like she has black hair and she like, her outfit is very questionable, um, because it's just like a string bra and a and a, a hoop scarf. I'm um,
0: about to say a really really fucked up scarf.
1: Yeah, she's got some good <laughs> leather pants though, um, and then she's just like she's just really sarcastic and like mean, but like with a heart of gold, which like mm, my shit, I love it. <laughs> I eat it up.
0: Now I gotta ask, because I know at the time when this came out, it was uh talked about pretty heavily on like uh, all the console version kind of being dumbed down and simplified. now you said you got it from uh p c early on. um mm-hmm. like did you have like a specific way you you would play because I know in the p c version you could like pan out and have it not be quite r t s level of of interactions and stuff, but you could always like pull back and kind of get a broader scope of the action, yeah, you to
1: could kind of do it you could kind of do the thing where you could like have like an almost like retro Diablo view of the Mm. um of the battleground or whatever I didn't play like that because I'm just like not a tactically minded person so Mm -hmm. seeing it like that doesn't really do anything for me or my brain Right. um so I usually just played it in like the standard mode um but yeah
0: yeah I'm I um I remember when I first tried and played it. Uh, I think this was like 2012, 2013. I just gotten a MacBook Pro uh, for college, <laughs> and uh, they had they had. So if you didn't know, like PC games back then, uh, people pretty much just ported it with like a a an emulation thing. Like not quite emulation. It was there, there were a lot of shoddy Mac ports that you could just oh buy this on Amazon for thirty dollars. Here's a code key for this thing that might or might not work. And when you know it, Dragon <laughs> Age Origins did not really work out. I spent thirty dollars on. Unlike like the complete thing because I'm like, you know what I haven't heard so much that this dragon h m a as well <laughs> may as well dive in uh, it wasn't on steam it was this is pre origin so it's just it it really mac games back then really did feel like the wild west, so like I ended up like the game with load it's just like it is a pretty intensive game for a macbook circa twenty eleven so it was it's just <laughs> it never quite <laughs> panned out for me but uh i it's always been a game I've been trying to just find time to, to dig into, because I'm a huge fan of the Mass Effect series. Uh, played them all, even Andromeda. You know, I'm like, yeah, sure, there's some stuff I can gel with in here. Maybe yeah. some not so much, but it's fine, you know. Uh, once you get over the, the anti-hype, as it were, when it came out.
1: Yeah, well, I, um, I know this found... isn't an Andromeda podcast, but the main problem that I always had with Andromeda was you could just tell that like the story just was not there yet. I don't care about stupid faces, but, like, bruh. You did the same story again, but worse.
0: Yeah, like, when when I, even from the first mission where you're just kind of deployed on, on this, oh, and you're seeing hostile aliens, I'm like, really? We're just gonna, like, fucking, you know, manifest destiny galactic edition again? Yeah, like, we're just gonna go was, through this? Like
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, I definitely wasn't prepared for it to just be like, what if just blatant colonialism? Like, like what let's... if we were just doing it? And I was like, fuck.
0: And, yeah, just, like, oh, this is our, like, it, it's 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 like if the humans from Mass Effect 1 never learned any lessons and just kind of went from there, which I guess I, I think technically does check out that, like, they, the Andromeda team was pre-Mass Effect 2 or some shit, but it's still just, it's just, like man this is this is just a lot of wrong for a lot of reasons
1: (laughs) yeah well i like i thought it was gonna be like a like a refugee story like oh no the reapers are coming let's send some folks to try to find a new place and then it was like nah this rich bitch just like wanted to fucking go
0: it's it's just it's elon musk just like you know spacex like nightmare future pretty much yeah Um, it was it was that's
1: terrible
0: it's that's definitely more of what I need. So I mean, at some point Bioware lost the plot there, but um <laughs> when it comes to Dragon Age, I know two is pretty divisive, and they kind of picked the ball back up for like this is just kind of broad from what like I've heard from collectively everybody of just like, eh, two meh, although I, I have a lot of people who stand for two. uh three is uh Inquisition is pretty highly regarded, I'd say.
1: um it really so this is where the fun of the dragon age community comes in (laughs) um because a lot of people either really adore inquisition or just not fucking about it and like i'm really not about it like i'll play it it's Mm. a fun like fuck around game like i would consider it on the same level that i consider skyrim um but it's not a good dragon age game like in my opinion of what makes like the series good
0: well um I guess just extrapolate on that a little bit. Like, what makes a Dragon Age game kind of feel like a Dragon Age game for you? And like, I know you, when we were setting this up, you were definitely talking up 2 a bit. Like, don't you dare talk shit about 2. Yeah, I uh, know. I was going to fight you. What kind of... <laughs> 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 we're going to break down to fight mid-podcast about Dragon Age 2. No, but um, what what kind of makes a Dragon Age game a Dragon Age game in your eyes?
1: So in my eyes, a Dragon Age game is that really good Bioware storytelling that's you know condensed and like yeah you know you're gonna get to go to multiple places you're gonna get to see different areas but it's not an open world it very much is like you have to do x y and z to finish the game you can choose what order you do it but like you have to do this shit to finish because like we're trying to tell you a fucking story and it's very like character focused in that like yeah you have i think there's like an aesthetics of the party that's fun like all the characters it's not as much in origins i would say like honestly i think morrigan is pro- Morgan and zevran are probably the most visually distinctive out of the characters mm-hmm. that you get to join your party with the exception of shale who's dlc because she's literally like a giant fucking rock mm-hmm. um but you know it's the fact that like yeah you have these characters and they have all these different uses and you can come up with like different strategies for how you use them and that can be it and that can be enough but also like if right. you dig into them and spend time with them and invest in them like you will get that reward back and like their shit will interfere with the story directly like it'll mm-hmm. be like oh you're walking and if you have you know x amount of like things with win like you will get a cutscene based off of her shit okay. just just walking
0: and and you think by, like, by three, it was just kind of cobbled. I a bit the narrative was kind of lost by the scope of just what the game was trying to be. Like, yeah, it was just well, straight up an open world game.
1: I think that it it got lost in the fact that they were trying to be a big open world game. And, like, the whole regions thing, especially because it was regions that you had to unlock through points. And, like, I've played Inquisition multiple times, and I've never been to all of the areas. Cause, like you don't have to there's no reason to go to a lot of them like unless you just like want to do that right Like there's no story reason or even like there's like side quest reasons i'm sure but they're generally just like fetch questy bullshit and i'm not here for that
0: mm-hmm. um, yeah it, i i definitely remember uh at the time just hearing about how The Hinterlands was such a huge, vast area that it was like, why kind of even bother going other places? I just want to keep doing shit here in the Hinterlands. This seems to be what's pushing stuff forward.
1: Yeah, like, a lot of people didn't even realize that, like, you could leave the Hinterlands (laughs) after a certain point. Like, a lot of people did not realize that the main story actually continued in a different fucking region, because there was so much still going on.
0: Yeah, it definitely made it seem pretty unyielding I'd say to just people who are like yeah I guess it's, we're just gonna chill here in the hinterlands it's like Hyrule Field was the entirety of Ocarina of Time like everything happened there for the first five hours and then it's like oh no you have to go you have to go to here to the Lost Woods figure yeah, figure well, some and just too
1: like the narrative I think that's a great part of Origins and 2 is that like the narratives are very very strong and they, like, they mm-hmm. are trying to tell you a story and they are also like not reliant on the other games to do it. Like, two, right. it helps if you know what happened in one and it helps if you can, like, import a save and decide your world state or whatever, but ultimately, like, you can jump into Dragon Age 2 and play it and not need to know what happened in Origins. Mm-hmm. But, like, to really understand the, gra- like, the gravity of Corypheus showing up in Inquisition, you have to have played DLC for two.
0: Oh, so it just—it's—it's kind of like how I have to watch, you know, Ant Man two to really see how Avengers four is going to pan out. Like it's just a lot of a lot of extra yeah. homework.
1: I mean, like, cause like you can say like, oh, well, it's just this weird, fucking, scary, looking dude showing up, but mm-hmm. like that takes a lot away from it. Like it's and it's not even just like you can still understand it, but it takes so much out of that experience if you don't know who he is. Cause if you know who he is, you're like, oh shit, but if you don't, you're just like, who the fuck is this guy?
0: Yeah, like this big. Just giant dude out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I don't know. I I go back and forth on that kind of storytelling where it kind of builds off previous stuff because it. I we, we are still kind of in the shadow of of something like an Avengers Infinity War that just is kind of ten years of payoff, but yeah, like, not I mean? not everything not everything really fits that that shit kind of well. And it's I'd say equally hard to pull that off in video games. Like oh, yeah. Ashley shows up again. Back to Mass Effect. Like, oh, Ashley shows up in Mass Effect 3, or Caden, to be fair, uh, shows up in pivotal parts of Mass Effect 3, and you haven't seen him in, like, a game or two. And it's just like, hmm, like, I get I get what you're trying to go for here, playing off the fact that, like, you had a whole game b- worth of relationship for this. But, again, <laughs> if, if somebody who hasn't played Mass Effect has, like, just gone into it, they'll just be like, oh, who's this? who's this who's this, and why are they just being so abrasive to me?
1: Yeah, well, and see, my thing is, like, it's a sequel. So, yeah, you should be able to say, like, oh, well, you probably should have played the previous game. But Inquisition relies on, like, a lot of side material. Because, like, you Mm -hmm. find out who Corypheus is in a DLC. And, two, like, all of the stuff with the Orlesian Empire, all of the context for that is in a book. So is all the context for Cole, the character in that game you know so much about cole if you read that book but if you ever read that Mm -hmm. book you don't know the fuck he is he's just some weird creepy (laughs) kid like and that's a disservice to that character because they don't like spend enough time like they can't backtrack him enough to like make it as if you did read that book um even in his side missions and stuff so like you can't you just you know you can't do the work because like You know, you can say, because, like, Hawk and the Warden show up in Inquisition, so you can say, well, okay, that makes sense, and that should be, like, oh, well, you probably should have played 2, and you probably should have played Origin. Mm -hmm. But, like, asking people to, like, have done all this additional, like, extracurricular shit that they have to pay for on top of, like, to have really big beats of the story matter is just, like,
0: ridiculous to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is a lot of extra homework, and homework you have to actually buy, like you said. Like, extra, extra, extra stuff on top of what you already have to do, by nature being a sequel.
1: Yeah. Also, like, uh, now I was Talking, doing... also a DLC. So, really? Yeah. Awakenings, which is a very weird, but good, expansion to Origins. I guess it's technically an expansion, but whatever. Right,
0: like, it. oh, this is Awakening? What yeah. It...
1: Because,
0: um... Yeah, that seems like a pretty important little detail of, like, oh, here's a Darkspawn ta- talking or, like, speech. Because uh, just simply doing my research is like, oh, their so a lot in life is just, like, to corrupt the old gods who, if I'm not mistaken, are all the dragons, right?
1: Yeah, they're the old Tevinter dragon gods.
0: Right, and their sole goal is just to exist and just, like, turn them evil, pretty much. Yeah,
1: to wake them up, basically. It's a Listen, Dragon Age lore is a lot. <laughs> And, like, we could get into that, but I don't know if anyone wants to get into
0: that. I mean, hey, I've had I've had lore breakdowns of Nier Automata, which well, that took a long time to get through, let me tell you. But, I mean, just, simp- like, what's the simplest way to, like, are these dragons just aspects of creation? Because, like, a lot of my brain just kind of leans into Warcraft stuff. And I know they're uh, obviously very different things, but See, there's a I'm lot not- of just high, you know, godly dragon stuff going on there, too.
1: So, the basic stuff, and forgive me, listeners, if you're more Dragon Age lore buffs than I am, because it's (laughs) been a while. Um, Basically, the concept is that, like, back before the events of Dragon Age, like, centuries ago, Mm -hmm. the Tevinter Imperium worshipped these dragon gods and, like, learned how to do magic from them. And then something happened. And, like, oh. And earth. then they, like, fell from grace, and then the Maker, who's, like, God, who's, like, like, um, Dragon Age's equivalent of, like, the Christian God, essentially, like, ah. knocks that shit down, and they get locked under the earth, and for a while, everybody thought that that was, like, not real, but then some <laughs> Tevinter mages decided, like, fuck this, we're gonna go see the seed of the Maker by entering the Fade. And then they go there mm. and then God's like fuck you and curses them <laughs> and sends them back to Earth and then they become Darkspawn and then their whole they hear music and their whole mission is just to go like like you said, go corrupt their fallen sleeping gods who sing to them. Um and that's how they find them. But then mm. and that's where the weird Corypheus shit comes in, because he has multiple lines in the DLC and in the Inquisition game. That mm-hmm. was a bad sentence. In Inquisition. About <laughs> um, the fact that like when they got there the golden city of the maker was already black. As if like something bad had already happened before they got there. Um, but no one really knows what to make of that because like that dude fucking sucks. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that. And then there's a whole thing with Awakening where there's a weird sentient magical darkspawn called The Architect, who, um, I don't know if they ever reveal why he's sentient, but he has decided to try to make the other Darkspawn sentient as well, so they don't have to do that anymore. Um, and through doing that, he accidentally starts the fifth Blight, which is what's happening in Dragon Age Origins.
0: Ooh, yeah, just in my little, little research, I'm like, ooh, Blight, huh? That's not good. Yeah. Like it's it, very so, bad. it was just an un, un, uh, unintended consequence of trying to give, of trying to give them sentience.
1: Yeah, and it's like a very that's another interesting game too because like, so the architect's whole thing is like I want to free them from basically being like weird slave animals, mm-hmm. and then one of the dark spawn that he gave sentience to first was like this fucking sucks i hate being sentient i hate not hearing the music anymore i feel disconnected from the whole world fuck you fuck this and then she's like the main bad guy um of awakening although technically you're not really friends with either of them the mother is just like (laughs) scarier and worse
0: right it's just one of those things of you know you take away that kind of identity and like it's it's hard to say like would you call the the dark spawn like are like they're in they're enslaved they are sentient in in that they are like alive beings but they're are they just like enslaved by this this music like is that are they in a trance or
1: um i don't know if it's a trance but it's definitely like a compulsion and like a hypnosis i guess of some kind and right. so, but it's like a, it's like a part of them. Like the architect has to do like legit magic to like sever that connection.
0: So it's so it's not just some kind of like light spell. Like oh, you're you're under my song. Like it's a no, nah, it's it, like it's, some it's, god you know, to shit to your core.
1: Yeah, it's like some god shit ensnared. through the taint. And like that's the whole thing too. Is like the taint like is very much like a weird connective tissue to a degree. Like that's the mm. whole reason why it's used to turn people into great wardens, because then like you can sense them, and but they can also sense you, because they can like feel it in you.
0: And so right, it's, like, you're it's able to wild. just kind of detect it. That does sound pretty, pretty out there in terms of like I wouldn't say straight mind control, but it's kind of just like some like you said, it wasn't. It's more of, like a deep hypnosis. So.
1: Yeah, one it's just like um, two, it's just weird anyway. Dragon now, Age.
0: Back to, back <laughs> on Dragon Age. Um just like a general question when when your character is just a Grey Warden, like is a Grey Warden comparable to something like a Spectre? Like is it just an, like an elite um like are you born with it? Are you raised like it? Is like a Witcher where um, you have to go through like these trials?
1: No. So, all right, who's ready for more lore? let's go uh, so originally when the dark spawn blights first started happening people were like oh shit what the fuck are we supposed to do because like the blight doesn't just affect like the darkspawn. like if most people who most like people and animals who like get affected by it either die or become thralls which are like weird zombies essentially that like they mm. don't really think or feel anymore they're just like completely loyal to the dark spawn um And, like, the animals will become, like, scary zombie versions of themselves. Um, Right. And then some people who were just, like, really good at fighting were like, fuck it, we don't really have any other options. Let's, like, see what happens if we try to, like, drink their blood. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So they do that as, like, a last-ditch effort. And then it turns out, like, oh, shit, if you live, you become a Grey Warden. And essentially you, like have a connection to the dark spawn, so you can sense them, but they can also sense you so they know when you're coming. But
2: okay. there's
1: also, like, a thing where, like, because of the taint inside of you, if a Grey Warden kills an Archdemon instead of, like, because the soul of an Archdemon, which is, like, the dragons who are mm-hmm. gods who are corrupted, um, they can, if you kill it, if just, like, if, like, I, just, like, a rando, was to kill it, it could just jump into the body of another dark spawn. But if a Grey huh. Warden kills it, it jumps into their body and both of them die.
0: Whoa.
1: Yeah. So there's like that effect too. There's
0: definitely a lot. It's starting to sound a lot like Edge of Tomorrow just in terms of like, oh, this higher being just has this connection with you, the Grey Warden. But like why, what causes that uh, sort of like, oh, you just both die. I, I would have thought the way you were heading with that, like, oh, you're going to fight, it's going to fight inside of you, and it's going to be like a war in your own body kind of thing, but Um <laughs> you I think just it's, die. I
1: think it's kind of like that. I, I think it's just, like, it's just, like, too much, and, like, mm-hmm. you just, like, the body of a person can't handle the soul of a god.
0: Right, so you've already, like, like, gone gone through enough to become a Grey Warden, and now you have, like, the soul of a god fighting within you, so yeah. yeah. No matter so I what, I can you, definitely see that going south.
1: Yeah, so I think after that, like, you just both die. They don't really get into too deep on the details on that but Mm -hmm. and originally when they were started it was supposed to be like all the best fighters in the world and stuff but as the blights got worse and worse it ended up like they just needed people to do it so they got the right of conscription which basically means like they can point at anybody and be like hey you're gonna be a great warden now (laughs) um which is generally how you end up joining i think in most scenarios in mm-hmm. Origins. I think there's, like, one or two where you can just be, like... I mean, I think you can always just be, like, hell yeah, but, like, most of the time, I think Duncan's gotta be, like, I'm conscripting this person. Fuck off.
0: <laughs> you you have to do it. There's no way around it. Like, it's, it's the law of the land.
1: Yeah. That's, like, the city elf. Like, you have to be conscripted. Even if you're, like, fuck yeah, I'll do it. Like, just to get you out of jail. Duncan's, like, shut the fuck up. I'm taking this person.
0: Right. Which, like, reading into um just kind of elf story uh, in, ter- in terms of like what Dragon Age is like we talked about earlier in the show like man that's, that's fucked up Like it's a lot because uh, like I like I said uh, earlier a lot of elves in traditional fantasy be it D&D or even things like derived from D&D like your Skyrims like your uh, witchers and stuff like things people like elves are generally like a high society fancy pants kind of deal but it seems like in uh, Dragon Age it definitely went for for a different approach.
1: Yeah, because historically in Dragon Age, the elves are, like, once upon a time were, like, I don't even know if they were still as high fan- like fancy pants as, like, Lord of the Rings or any of that shit, but they were, mm-hmm. like, you know, they had, like, good societies. They had, like, cities and temples and stuff, and they were, like, doing magic and, like, really connected to the Fade and shit. And then imperialism happened,
0: Ah and, yes.
1: Um, they got fucking murdered and enslaved, and then they got freed through a religious rebellion.
2: Okay. And then that
1: same religion was like, actually, fuck you. We want your land, and then did like basically the equivalent of um, uh, what is the word? Like a holy war on them. Um. A crusade. Yes, they did like multiple crusades against them.
0: And so Oof. then
1: a lot of them ended up either being, like, nomadic tribes who are wandering around basically being like, we want our history, but we don't know if we're ever going to get it. Fuck. And then mm. elves who live in the city who just live in, like, literal ghettos. Um, yeah. Yeah. And are just, like, poor constantly. So, yeah, it's, like, a very weird combo between, like, indigenous references and, like, some shit that like Jewish folks have been through historically. It's like a so, very weird combo. So,
0: so you, uh, do you think like it doesn't quite stick the landing because it's trying too hard to to like crib from like these two kind of real world examples where it's just kind of being like what are you even trying to say or what where do you think it kind of miss miss uh doesn't stick the landing rather? I think
1: it doesn't stick the landing cuz yeah, I think it's trying to pull from too many different sources, mm. but also it definitely really like and there's a really good article about this um, from Dia Lucina. It was, like, her first published video games article. And it's really, really long, mm. but it's really, really good. Where she talks about this, where, like, their native or, like, their indigenous um, representation and how they kind of try to work that in is very weird because it relies on a lot of tropes of, like, oh, like, noble Indians and stuff like that. Mm. And, like, of them being really connected to nature and, like, them having this history that they'll never get back, but they're always searching for it, and that holds them back. Um, and, like...
0: Right, right. You start you start noticing all the small little, little oddities that just start adding up. It's like, you're kind of just, you know, taking a lot of miscellaneous backgrounds of indigenous peoples in... The real yeah
1: world. and it's like so kind of tropey just... and like not great and like you know mm-hmm. i didn't realize that completely when i first played it but like after reading that article and like you know looking at it again i'm like yeah no that's that's accurate that's like very real um and it's just it's strange especially with what they do with it in the third game which i'm not gonna get into that because this is about origins <laughs> not inquisition but right. the payoff of some of that is fucking bizarre and like it just kind of shows that, like, I don't know, like, they didn't really know where they were going with it, I think, ultimately. Um, and yeah, it's just a lot. And it's also, like, kind of some... Especially the City Elf origin is a lot of just, like, marginalized folks suffering. And it's pretty hard to, like, yeah, watch.
0: Yeah. I can I can definitely see how that would, that would lead to a lot of just... Diff- a lot of uncomfortable uh, imagery when trying to just be, like, well, there are a completely original idea of two completely separate uh, oppressed peoples just kind of put into one. And they're just going to live in these ghettos in the city.
1: Yeah, sure. it's really hard. And I mean, like, there are some, like, interesting points that it's trying to make, especially about, like, you know, how power is used to, like, subjugate folks in um, marginalized you know, groups mm-hmm. and like racism and stuff like that. Right. And I think it does kind of avoid the trap of like trying to talk about race issues without acknowledging race because like, y- you know, folks of many colors do exist in that game. Right. Um, But yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's tricky and weird. And like, I'm, I applaud them for like shooting their shot at that time. Cause I like, right. think it was kind of rare and interesting, but yeah, it's a lot.
0: Yeah, I, I, I can. Yeah, it's it is totally. When you when you look at it from that critical lens, it it is a bit tropey and and hard to really see it as its own thing when it's so obviously cribbing from a lot of different reward things. But yeah, um, a lot of Dragon
1: Age is very like deeply steeped in like our world tropes and like and I mean like tropes, good and bad. Like I mean like the chantry is 100% like the Catholic Church just like full on right except with the fact that like instead of dudes it's like women as priests and dudes aren't allowed to be priests um
0: ah clever
1: but it's it's 100 the Catholic Church like they had fucking <laughs> inquisitions they have um i already forgot the word we just said it earlier crusades um, yes they called them exalted marches but they're just fucking crusades <laughs> And like,
0: Right, oh man They
1: persecute people for the way they're born And hold, keep them in towers It's a whole thing
0: Right, I, I Yeah, definitely dependent on On some tropey things, both good and bad But um, Were there any other kind of um, You know, different I don't want to say race. Well, it is racist Like just uh, playable characters, like did you ever go back and try Like oh I'm going to try a dwarf this time To see what they're all about like, see what see what's going on with them.
1: Yeah, I think I've played every race, and I've definitely played every single origin of that game. Um,
0: gotcha, played, gotcha. Because that was... Oh, go ahead.
1: I'm pretty sure I've played every race, especially if you count... Because elves are weird, because you can either do Dalish, City, or also Mage, and the Mage story is exactly the same whether you're a human or an elf. Huh. But um, you can mm. do that. So I've played as, I think I've done pretty much everything you can do in that game, honestly. It's totally fair. <laughs> um, at least to a degree. Like I haven't beat the game on every single type of character, but I've definitely started like every type of character you can have. I'm pretty sure. Got,
0: gotten a feel for at least what what they're about.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've played through every origin at least once, and I'm pretty sure I've played through every class at least once. Um,
0: right, and that is no small feat. Like uh, I, I. Remember, like, reading about how Dragon Age Origins was a pretty large, ambitious game. I think at some point the budget had to be reined in because mid-2000s BioWare, if you don't know, is a very, like, tumultuous time for them, even though, like, it it yielded some good results. Uh, you know, games like Dragon Age took about six, seven years to make. Games like Mass Effect, at least five. You know, they had a lot of things brewing in the aftermath of Knights of the Old Republic, but it was it was a very tricky time for them. That's why you saw them make deals with, like, oh, Mass Effect's gonna be published by Microsoft. Just kick us a few bucks here for our exclusive. Like, it's yeah, it was, it's sure. a pretty interesting kind of background on on um, on what what went into Dragon Age Origins, because like it was really just Dragon Age, and I think after some testing, it's just like, yeah, this is gonna be a trilogy. You know, like we're gonna kind of set our stuff up up front. Like, here's what we're gonna, here's what we're eyeballing. So this is Dragon Age Origins, and then yeah. I think two. That was Hawk, right?
1: Yep, 2 is hawk.
0: Right, and it was a bit more reined in and definitely controversial. uh, Well, the development of that game
1: was just fucked, honestly.
0: But (laughs) they had a year to make it.
1: Yeah, I wish they hadn't named Dragon Age Origins. Dragon Age Origins, just because people thought it was like a sequel or a prequel when it wasn't. Mm,
0: I could see that. Yeah, and like
1: it's obviously named because you get to play through like one of six origins when you start the game. But like folks don't know that going in um
0: yeah yeah it's i originally it was just called dragon age so maybe it it might have just sounded a bit too not generic but more along the lines of just like eh, like it's not going to really stick out to people yeah or i mean it probably just people probably just been like
1: uh, it's probably like a shittier dungeon siege or something
0: <laughs> right like man um. it would have been such a different identity for Mass Effect it was called Mass Effect Origins because for the most part it's you are a shepherd and you are a human but you are kind of just deciding your backgrounds and stuff and going from there and yeah well you to play through system, your
1: backgrounds like that is something that Origin true. has done that's like very interesting that I haven't really seen replicated is like because you know in theory like for like a formulaic fantasy game you would start at like the moment that you become a great warden and kind of go from there Mm -hmm. But Origins really does give you kind of that, like, mini prequel behind the scenes of, like, how you got there, Um, which is really interesting, and it does do a lot of world building, and just kind of show, like, I think that was one of the things that I appreciated, is, like, on the back of the box, it's described very much as, like, a dark fantasy world, and, like, for all the good, funny things in that game, it very much is, like, a dark, fucked up world. And the origins do a lot to show that without being, like, overkill. Although, I think Mm -hmm. you could argue maybe it's a little overkill in the city elf origin. Um, But, like, every single one of those origins is fucked up. Like, I think the most tame one is, like, maybe the mage one and, like, Mm -hmm. maybe the dalish elf. But, like... City Elf goes just fucking hard, and it's just like, hey, everything is bad. Here's why.
2: Right. And then
0: that the tends both of the, story the, dwarf for the origins too.
1: are rough. Yeah, the dwarf yeah. origins are super rough.
0: Like, hey, our home planet, our home realm is just uh fucking gone. Uh, literally like four blights ago.
1: Yeah. Also, <laughs> like we've like, been we've
0: been fucked for a while.
1: Well, and it's just like it's fucked up because like you can either be like literally the prince or princess. Or you're, like, the poorest, like, just most shit-upon person. And either way, it's just like, wow, this is fucked up. Like, dwarven society, which is, like, deeply separated from the rest of Ferelden society, is just, like, Mm -hmm. a fucking mess. And, like, it's just so bad. And that's the other thing, too, is depending on what origin you play, it impacts shit later on in the game, like, story-wise. Like, if you that's play as, like, if you play as the dwarven prince or princess, when you go back to Orzammar, that shit matters, because everyone thinks you're fucking dead. Huh. And then, like, you yeah, have that, that, a very real tie to the politics that are going on It's, def-
0: there. it's definitely something that I don't see, uh, you know, captured as much in a lot of modern RPGs of, like, the where, where you start does make an impact later on, like, back back to Mass Effect, you know, you st- you have your origin, and then it doesn't really matter you're not even really, like, precluded to be, oh, you're you're a born renegade, or you're a born paragon, or like, doesn't doesn't really affect anything except the line of dialogue at the beginning, so, I don't yeah, know. Yeah,
1: it's, yeah, it's wild, and it impacts the story, and it's cool, too, because they don't have, like, a... Mass Effect really leaned into having that binary morality system, and... I was about
0: to ask, yeah, you know, like, uh, do you think that was, like, a wise, intentional kind of move on their part to sort of break away from that because the last few games even knights of the republic definitely you know had the binary morality of good and evil like did Um, you you kind of like that more than their other approaches
1: oh i love it i think it's really good especially like in a world that fucked up to be like yeah this person like because ultimately at the end of the day like yeah you're the hero you're the warden like if you kill Mm -hmm. the dragon you fucking killed that dragon but Like, you can also be a deeply shitty person. And, like, the game is like, yeah. Like, honestly, like, you got conscripted. You didn't necessarily want to do this. That doesn't mean you're going to be a good, heroic person. And, like, presented with some of the choices in that game, like, a lot of the time you're kind of a shitty person regardless just because of what you Mm -hmm. have to do. So, like,
0: There's no feeling good about it.
1: Yeah, well, and it's it's just nice, too, because it, it felt a little bit more, like, true- to things because your choices really only impact like how other characters will react to you like in your party Mm -hmm. and then like how like npcs will react to you because like if you make a choice that like win deeply disagrees with she's gonna fight you like you will have to kill her or she will have or she will leave Because, Mm -hmm. like, they're characters with their own sets of ideals and stuff. So you do, like, have to, like, if you don't know, you could accidentally walk into a situation and, like, make a choice where, like, well, now your party's fucked. Or, like, if you know, Mm. because, like, I've played it a billion times, so now I know who to take where to, like, avoid that kind of shit. But, Mm -hmm. like, it really did give, like, the other, like, the NPCs some agency and some, like, depth that, like, they do have these really strongly held convictions. Or, at least, like, they'll let you know when they disagree. Like, they're 100%, like, it's like the Morgan disapproves thing. Um, <laughs> and, like, if they disapprove of enough of your shit, they'll leave, or, like, you won't be able to unlock events with them, or, like, there's all kinds of really interesting stuff that tied into that, and I thought it was a lot more realistic to, like, obviously it's a stupid fucking fantasy game, but, like, it felt real to the right. fiction of your, you know, all these strangers hanging out together, but these people are, like, looking to you to lead them, but that doesn't mean that they're going to blindly follow you. Like, they're individuals, too, and if you do something that they don't like, they're going to be like, wow, fuck you.
0: Right, that does seem true to what the uh, World of Dragon Age tries to present of, like, you know, uh, and, and Bioware games as a whole try to present of just, like, things aren't really that black and white as, as much as, like, the silly kind of Paragon Renegades uh, prompts would have you believe and like yeah like you you're the leader but that doesn't mean you know you have to earn that leadership and that loyalty you don't you can't just be like i'm the leader follow me like through thick and thin through every shitty decision i make
1: yeah for sure and it's also nice too because it is a little bit more rpge and that like instead of having like charm and intimidate being tied to your like paragon or renegade score or whatever it is just like well did you level up your persuasion cool right. you can charm these people or did you level up just like being large and scary then cool yeah you can tell these betas to fuck off or you'll kill them <laughs> which was right. more authentic uh, to me it's,
0: it's, 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 yeah authentic a good word for it but um starting to wrap a bit uh, is uh, there any kind of music or songs that uh, stick out in uh, Dragon Age because uh, it's not one of the most uh I don't hear a lot of people sing the praises of it, but is there any music that kind of just gets you in the mood for, like, oh, here's, here's the fight song, here's, like, a great song to sort of showcase this town or this area? Like, any music that kind of catches you off guard?
1: Um, I don't know if it catches me off guard, but, like, the opening, um, just, like, kind of the theme music always kind of gets me, just because, like... I love that game so much. So whenever I hear it, I'm just like, "Oh, Dragon Age, I love it." <laughs> and it is like very iconic. Like if you're familiar with that music, you definitely like know what it sounds like and are ready for it. Um, mm-hmm. And there's also a really really cool moment where if you get close enough to Leliana and you talk to her enough and you know do the work and whatever and say the right things, she she's a bard. Um, and she'll sing this song from when she was a kid. And it is, like, part of the opening music, but it's revealed that, like, what she's singing is, like, a childhood song that she knew. And it's, like, very dramatic, and it's, like, a really big sweeping moment that's, like, very touching. Um, so, yeah, that's... That is my answer.
0: All right, that's a good one to go out on. Uh, so, <laughs> uh... This has been Grind Forever. Kaylin. thank you so much for joining me and talking uh, a lot of different angles about Mass Effect. Uh, we covered a lot of bases.
1: Yeah, thank you for letting me come on your show and just talk about Dragon Age Origins for like an hour.
0: And uh, I'd say that most of you listening probably have a computer that could run it pretty well. So I would definitely recommend uh, going for that PC version. I am sure it is not expensive.
1: Um, the fun fact about the PC version, actually, is not to well actually you. But (laughs) you should buy, if you're going to buy it on PC, buy it on Origin, which I never recommend Origin because it sucks, but uh, Steam, because of Origin, they don't honor uh, Bioware DLC codes anymore, so you can't get, like, the Ultimate Edition of that or any of the Mass Effect games, Um, but you can play Dragon Age Origins and 2 on Xbox One backwards compatibility. So... That's probably a good option.
0: Yep, that is yeah. Definitely keep those origin tabs open. I can't uh, imagine going back to it any other for any other reason. Gotta say, but um, yeah. So you can follow uh, you follow Caitlin on Twitter at let's see, CGR.
1: It's CG and eight R's because I'm with eight
0: R's. Got it. CGR and then there's eight R's. Uh, you can follow myself on Twitter at Tierney. Uh, listen to Slay, the lady-led uh, tabletop podcast that Caitlin is on. Um, is it bi-weekly?
1: Uh, it is bi-weekly on Fridays,
0: yes. Gotcha, gotcha. And check out some of the stuff that she and myself write from time to time on OKBeast.com. Um, catch this podcast on PNBCast.com. It's, uh, it's the home to every show on our little network here. And support us on Patreon.com slash pnb. Uh, That unlocked this show and Level Select and Full Metal Optimus, and uh, definitely recommend you give that a listen. We've got a new episode of PNBFM in the works, and after Alpha, the actual play podcast, it will be in the works for episode three, uh, which, just side note, is one of my favorite things I do. Uh, Shout-outs, big time to TL for for fronting that. Um, But uh, any closing thoughts, Caitlin? Any closing things like any Yay Dragon Age kind of stuff, like
1: uh Dragon Age is cool and the graphics are kind of bad, but you should play it anyway. Also, you can be gay and that's always cool. Um I think that's it. Yay Dragon Age.
0: Yay Dragon Age indeed. And with that, we shall see you later. Bye.
1: Bye.